Hello and welcome back to the Video Show Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ed Pennell from the Franchise Podcast, also from Expense Reduction Analyst. Um, I put together a show last year and the year before with Ed called Consultancy Insights. You can check that out on the Expense Reduction Analyst website. And I'm here to talk to him today all about how that works. Um, this video, this podcast is part of a series that I'll be launching soon on my website all about videos within franchise and to find out more about that go to redbookproductions.co.uk forward slash franchising dash videos um, that will be launching very soon but here is my interview with ed enjoy At the end of 2020, uh, we put together, uh, together a show called Consultancy Insights. Just tell us a little bit about that and how that got started. Yeah, sure. So I, I guess um, to start off with, I was looking for to create more video content uh, for social media for expense reduction analysts and uh, spoken to a few different uh, videographers and was trying to kind, kind of come up with an idea that could could work really because you see a lot of video content out there and a lot of it's pretty dry it's stock footage and it was, it was pretty boring. And, um, yeah, I wanted to do something a little bit different. And, um, actually when it was, when I spoke to you, you, you kind of came up with an idea of long form content and then piecing out into smaller, um, videos that then could be used on social media. So for me, that made a lot of sense to, to record over two days content and then put it all together in one big long piece where you can drive people towards wait, where you, where you store it so on our website or somewhere like this so we'd have the long form content on our website and then piece it out in smaller chunks on social media now that then got me thinking about what we could do with that approach and um i'd very much been thinking that um all all we were doing as a franchise or a lot of what we were doing as a franchise was selling and i'd been seeing a lot of people on social media doing exactly the opposite just educated educating people or inspiring people um or just something that's quite relatable and um i just thought we've got to try and fit into that somehow and and um came up with the idea consultancy insights to position expense reduction analysts as experts in building a consultancy business so to do that if we educated other people on how to set up a consultancy or some of the insights into being a consultant and what that looks like they they can then start to view that content understand it it's not salesy but by viewing our content by going onto our website they start to recognize our brands more and then when those sales messages start to to come in just very gently saying you know if you're looking to start a consultancy business and not sure where to start why not chat to us and it's just helping them to take baby steps towards learning more about expense reduction analysts and um who we are as a brand and 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 i guess it's positioning us as experts in what they're trying to do so that when they can't do it themselves they hopefully come to us so that's kind of how it how it started really um but yeah uh, it was quite um it's quite fun to do i have to admit <laughs> cool what were they what kind of videos were you making before and like how were they working or how were they not working um it was pretty much um i'd say fairly stock kind of approach to to creating franchisee testimonials was the main thing you know so at our conference um you'd set up in a room somewhere and just bring in 10 different franchisees there's about 400 odd 
uh, franchisees around Europe and most of them would turn up to these events. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just getting 10, 20 of them into a room wasn't that difficult for us to do. And then you just ask them the same questions, film them, and and that's fine. And I, th- I think they're an important part of the the mix and they, they're good for on your professional website. But when you're trying to tackle social media and spread the word on your brand, actually people kind of scroll past some of some of that you know um it doesn't grab people's attention unless they're specifically looking for at your brand i guess so um yeah the other things i tried to start doing was um putting different frames around those videos so i was getting people to film themselves at home and then kind of put a frame around it so it was a little bit more eye-catching but but still it was the same kind of um structure you know you ask them the question so what's it like to be a franchisee for this brand and you know what support did you receive during your early years and this is all very important stuff but it doesn't grab attention so that that for me just wasn't enough at that time yeah it's interesting what you're saying about like the, the, the stuff you're putting out wasn't grabbing attention because i remember what um we were putting a lot of like repurposed content out there but we were also shooting um like little skits for each episode that went out so these were like little comedy uh, skits to do with the the topic of each episode, and um, we found that they were performing better than a lot of the other little bits of content as well. I think that's probably because when people are going through LinkedIn or going through Facebook or wherever they're going to be watching these, it looks a lot different from any other business post that they're getting. So if they see like um, someone in an alleyway in a tin of beans, like we had in our video, um, or uh, is it Mike wearing like, st- like sunglasses at one point as well, was it? Yeah, with a saw in his hand. A <laughs> saw in his hand. <laughs> it catches the eye. <laughs> well, if, if you think about it, what are, are human beings attracted to in, in their day-to-day lives? It's not um, a stock image or a stock video of, um, you know, a well-dressed gentleman sort of walking down the street or something like that or, or looking out over a... Um, you know from a high-rise building looking out over the city that's not that exciting for people to look at in general whereas somebody who's kind of laughing and smiling and and having some fun you kind of want to know you're curious and want to know you know what's going on why are they having so much fun and then it it draws you in but I have to say with those skip videos I I kind of well I was inspired by somebody else who um, is based in Canada uh, and he's um, training consultants on how to um, yeah generate more clients. So um, he, he, one of his videos was basically him on a street trying to sell consultancy, saying, "Is this how you sell your your consultancy services?" And it's is basically portraying a cold calling, but in a in a face to face environment. And it it shows you kind of how mental it can be just yeah. go up to a random person saying, "Hey, do you want some consultancy?" and it kind of draws you in and makes you think, yeah, Christ, that's what I have been doing. Or, you know, this is wrong. Why? What? So let's, let's see if he sort of hits on some of those other things that I'm doing wrong. And then at the end of it, he's, he kind of just draws it into a close with that and says, um, uh, you, you know, if this is how you're approaching consultancy, there's no wonder you're not getting, uh, you know, selling your consultancy services. There's it's no wonder you're not getting success. Um, here's what you should be doing you should be building trust with your audience before 
they even hear from you, you know, before you even reach out to them. And let me show you how I can do it through X, Y, Z. And then you go onto another platform where he's got another video that goes through, um, giving you a basic outline of how to, to build up this structure. And then obviously his services are, are potentially part of it. So it's again, helping people take those baby steps towards it, but taking a concept that is probably somebody's pain point, making fun of it or highlighting it as an issue and then kind of leading them through that journey. And, um, yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to replicate with those. But I have to admit, I was a little bit cautious to start off with because um, you know it's quite a, uh, a corporate senior kind of uh, CEO executive level franchise business. I was worried what the franchisees might say, um, and actually they were, they were fine with it. Most of them sort of liked it, shared, commented, laughed, and yeah, it was. Um, I think it's. It's, it's, if you position it in the right way, as long as you're not taking the Mickey out of your own brand, you, you know you you can create these these things pretty easily, and and people are, are very accepting of them. Yeah, I feel like um, you talk about Ahmed there, um, and we got him on as yeah. a guest onto the show. Um, so that I feel it's good to get somebody we're inspired by <clears throat> onto the actual show itself. But then also when you say about like you're worried about how other people within the business and other franchisees would react to this content because it's so wildly different from what they've come to expect. Um, it's, I think it's really refreshing that a lot of them, or well, most of them, were, were really on board of it and like, like engaging with it as well. And I think that's that's really cool. Well, and interestingly, the stuff that they engaged with the most, though, was um, our executive director, Arndt, um, when he was posting his tips on how to build a consultancy. So and just, yeah, uh, kind of five minute videos created about uh, six of them, I think. And they were just advice around yeah, how to start your own consultancy business, things to look out for, how to decide on the price points, these kinds of things. And uh, yeah, in, in a way, you could see that as giving away all the, the trade secrets, right, <laughs> on, on how to do it. And the franchisees might be a bit annoyed by that because they've, they've paid a fee to um, to have that knowledge and experience but actually no they 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 all supported it and said great advice you know and and, and shared and liked the content so that was quite interesting to to see that that take place yeah and I think if you're going to build trust you need to show that you know what you're talking about so you need to give away a certain amount of knowledge uh, to people otherwise if you're just selling 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 uh, like you said earlier it's just not, not going to work well but the, when you're when you're looking at any kind of service and I, I think actually a franchise is a form of service an outsourced service right so it's it's showing you how to set up a business or it's already set up most the big part of your business so that's the service they provided is to to get you further on down the line um who have any service the reason why people um pay pay money for a consultant pay money for a cleaner anything like that is is ultimately down to time or expertise now getting that expertise also takes time. So I think actually it almost boils down to time, you know, and do most people have the time to go through and learn how to, um, you know, do whatever it is, or do they have time that they want to spend on, on cleaning or, or whatever it may be that, that this, people normally have something else they want to do with their time. So those other things are um, ultimately the reason they come back to you and, What's the quickest route for them when they decide they need that service? It's to go to the person they already trust, they already know. I mean, it's it's a ball lake, right? Going onto Google and trying to 
work out is this a trustworthy brand do i go for the ones with the advert like next to it because they've paid for it so they've got some money or do i go for the ones that are further down the list that are probably a bit less well known do i go out there in sort of um i was going to say yellow pages but that's probably a little bit out of date now right <laughs> but you know what i mean like it, it it seems like a pain to go out there and try and find a service when if somebody's already in your mind as an expert or somebody who's good at it they're you're just going to go back to it but humans find the the path of least resistance and that's what you're doing by by educating them on what you do and and giving them some of your knowledge going on to the actual um the show itself what i think is really clever about this kind of show um is that like you said we've, we've got the skits we've got Arn's insights as well we've got the interview with the person and we've got like the studio segment so each little bit is like ripe for picking off for repurposed content. So you can take like clips from the interview, you can take clips from the studio bit, you can take Arn's insights as a whole thing, you can take the skits and you can send that out as bits of content. So you're making, although you're making one like 30, 40 minute bit of content, you can chop that up into loads of little bits that you can put out to both promote the show and to promote um, ERA itself, which I think is really clever. But I think if we, if you kind of factor in, um filming and then you know planning i guess we probably spent a week in total on on producing the content right but what we then had was three months worth of posts every single day mm. and that that makes a lot of sense to do that you know um because i i know myself i try and post every day when i can but it's difficult to try and think of something to post every day <laughs> you know some and some days you just don't feel like it whereas if you've got a video snippet or um we we turned them into pdfs as well so we took some of the 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 tips from aunt um the advice from aunt and just put them into a um i call them sliders but they're like the pdfs that you can scroll across on linkedin yeah. and places like that but uh, yeah it's just different bits of content that you can piece together um and and on that day when you're you need to post something you've got something in the bank already and you can just write a little something about it um and go from there and it's it's done right it's a lot easier exactly. yeah and it, like, you could even take it to the extent of bringing in an external like writer copywriter to go and write all that stuff for you so all you have to do is just get a bit of content copy the um the blog post or whatever the the copy that you want to post and just do it you can have it literally all done for you from like as we said like one week well, yeah, I'd recommend a copywriter for sure, because <laughs> that's that's actually something I've realised doing that series and in posting more on social media over the last couple of years is actually that first line of text is really important to grab people's attention. Sure, the nice image is good, but that first line in combination with the image or the video is important too. So, um, yeah, if you if you don't feel you can write that stuff yourself, definitely get somebody in to, to take a look. Yeah, so, so is this something that you've put into um, your own podcast? So you started your own podcast as well called The Franchise. Uh, how did that start? And like, I noticed you post lots of little clips of bits of content as well, and you do um, like the best franchise posts of the week, yeah, uh, things like that. How do, you, how, does that, how do you go about doing that for your own content? Yeah, so, uh, uh, so it all started with the podcast. I'll, I'll start on how it came about, really, because the – the podcast I started about 12 months ago now, 12, 13 months ago now. And basically I had noticed all these touch points in my career where, um, I, where once I learned about franchising, actually it was the solution to, um, 
MDs and CFOs being made redundant rather than trying to apply for data entry jobs when I was a recruiter in 2008 um, in, in the kind of high street agency. And then moving through into the oil and gas industry, uh, there's a mass redundancies in, in 2014 when the industry pretty much stopped. Um, and what happened to those people is they just lived off their um, redundancy money for the next three years until the, <laughs> the industry picks up. Well, they, franchising could have offered them something different a solution to to use that money and build a future for themselves that wasn't so volatile um but also in my own career i I, i've changed career twice and it's really difficult and you have to take a big pay cut anyway so why not look at investing in a franchise and and have something that's going to make you happy on a long-term basis so i started the podcast uh, it's called the disenfranchised um to basically help other people understand that employment or self-employment is not the only option available to them there's this one that's in between called franchising and um, I didn't want to do it in a way that was selling and lecturing so I decided to talk about people's um, stories on how they built their brand so speaking to to founders and and experts as well actually from the franchising industry and understand um, how they got into um building their own business and then how they found franchising and and kind of just tried to tie it all in together um and at the time as well um one of my friends had started his own podcast and was doing it pretty successfully so i've always loved podcasts and anything audio so i thought yeah let's let's jump into it and give it a go and um it's pretty nervy (laughs) doing the first ones and I, i wanted everything to be perfect i realize now it's just there's no point in worrying about getting it perfect because don't have the knowledge, but um, you just starting to do it, you'll eventually get better and and then people start to take notice as long as you're consistent. So um, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now. So what was your question? <laughs> so yeah, we could go on to like how um, you went about sort of setting it up and finding guests for it. Um, so you said that you were nervous about creating the show at first and you wanted it to be perfect, but has it changed and developed over the, the last 12, 18 months? Um, so did you sort of think, oh, I'll just start and then I'll improve it as I go? Or do you think, I want it to be perfect, but you didn't let that put, you didn't really let that put you off, but have you sort of improved it over the last 12 to 18 months and how have you done that? Yeah, well, um, I remember the first one I recorded was with Ian Griffiths from the the party um, the party tent company. He was talking about starting a franchise. Uh, sorry, he was talking about starting a podcast at the same time, and we said, "Well, let's just jump on each other's um, podcasts and, and and go from there." And and I remember the audio quality once I had, I'd listened back to it was pretty rough, and I I was I felt embarrassed because. I felt like I'd wasted his time and I also um, felt like this is a failure before it's even started, you know, and I mean, it's, it's not great. It's not, <laughs> it's not horrific as I thought it was maybe, but yeah, I, 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 at that point I didn't really, really know how to edit the the sound or the audio quality that well. So I, yeah, I, I kind of struggled and I said to him, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it out there. I recorded a second one. And it was a lot better um, with with Adrian from Night Franchises. And I put I put it out there. I spoke to Ian and he said, just go for it, man. Just put it out there. What's it matter? Just see what happens. And, and I did. And then I realized the world didn't explode and 
people weren't ignoring everything that I was doing. You know, the five people still turned up anyway <laughs> to take a listen. And uh, yeah, that's that's fine. And then I just carried on. I kind of brushed it under the, the carpet, I guess. But how has it improved since then? So um, yeah, I've, I've upgraded a few things. Like I, I'm no longer doing it on kind of my headphones. I've got the, the microphone now, which um, yeah, I, I guess this one cost me like 60 quid. Um, I, got, I got a bit of a deal on it, but that's it. That improved the sound quality. I've got uh, a slightly better camera, although the lighting today seems to be a little bit off, but a, a better webcam. Um, yeah, I use Premiere Pro to edit the videos now. Um, so I've, I've, I've not only got them as an audio um, file, I now record them as a, a, as a video. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so then I can take those little snippets and put them out there. Um, and I think the most important thing that I found is that consistency, just putting something out all the time. Um, so I've improved how I go out about finding guests. Um, I guess to start off with, I was just wanting people to come to me. I didn't feel confident in making that approach and saying, come on my podcast because it's great. So you've even improved like the background behind you. You've got your guitars, you've got plants and stuff. You've really thought about how the set looks. Um, and I think that looks like it shows you're putting effort into that. Um, and I've done similar, like with my background here, like there's lighting and loads of stuff going on. Um, and I think that's important that, that you always sort of try and update and change that and improve it. Um, so like you invested in a microphone, you invested in a webcam. Um, and I think what I was going to ask you as well was, um, it's kind of like with what happened in the pandemic before you before that if you were doing a podcast you'd kind of expect to have people come into like a studio and record a podcast with you but now everyone's kind of used to seeing conversations over zoom so I think that's made it so much easier to create your own your own content as well definitely I mean th- yeah there's different levels of quality if it's really blurry and and things like this it you know does put people off taking a look so up- upgrading those things um if there's a, a big humming in the background with the audio that that's no good either. So I've, I've actually um, now got some, a little bit of soundproofing. It's not, um, not perfect at the moment, but what it's doing is stopping the, the echo on the yeah. sounds in this room. Cause it's quite echo. It's a, a new, a new room that I built and um, yeah, there's no kind of carpet or soft furnishings. It's just solid walls on a hard floor. So it bounces around quite a bit. So these, uh, these foam acoustic panels just absorb some of that. So that when I'm editing, it doesn't have, such a, a negative impact but um yeah, yeah I, I think upgrade where you can improve tweak um and change little bits and it, it makes a difference and and keeps things fresh for you and keeps it fresh for the the audience that are watching as well I, at the minute i'm 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 designing a, a way for myself to to have a different surround to the videos um because i feel like it's it's got a bit repetitive now. And if I was looking at that, I would probably go, oh yeah, another one of those videos. Um, and so keeping it fresh, keeping it visually different is going to help as well. Yeah, I think we found that as well with Consultants Insights was you want it to look slightly different from other ones. Otherwise people think, oh, I've already seen that. Um, so you want it to always look a little bit different. So maybe start it on a different, um, with a different background, shoot it in a slightly different place so that people know that oh it's, this is a different video to the one I watched last time because they're all sort of branded up and look like great 
But if it looks too similar to other stuff you posted, people will just sort of skim past it and think, seen it, seen it, seen it. Seen yeah, it. definitely. But there's something else with the um, what you were saying earlier about people are used to seeing this this kind of content now where people are just recording stuff from from their home. Um, I, I, I was speaking to a, a marketing company within the franchise and industry. I don't know if I'm allowed to, to name names, but... I will, just in case. And Chantry Group were one of them. And, um, and actually, some a couple of other people have said to me that actually they really like the podcast and the videos from the podcast because it's a little bit more gritty is the, the word that um, Chris used from Chantry Group. Um, it's a little bit more gritty and it, that makes it more authentic, which then makes it more trustworthy to, to the audience. So as a, a franchise brand, I was talking about it earlier, you don't want to sell to people um, something like this kind of format helps to build trust because you're getting like a third party validation from someone like me who's in control of the questions rather than the franchise or in control of the questions. So whilst I'm not trying to catch anybody out, I could, I can, I can throw them off kilter a little bit by throwing in something that's they're not used to answering and they would never ask themselves or ask their, their staff. So it does just add a, a different element to it that, I think especially when you're looking at social media um, it's really important because you hear it all. I hear it all the time from influencers and marketers. It's, you know, um, be more authentic in what you're doing. And that's yeah. quite difficult to, to work out how to do that yourself. But when you've got a third party helping you, that, that becomes a lot easier, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, um, like you said earlier, like if you, you're using like stock footage and stuff and videos and that looks so, so polished that people kind of look at it and think, well, yeah, it's not, something just clicks in people's head where it doesn't look real. Whereas if you see like somebody using a webcam and it looks a bit rough and you've got people like talking to each other, people like know that that's real because they've experienced it themselves. Um, so that level of trust is like automatically there with them. Um, yeah. Just, and yeah. I, I, it's interesting. So I, um, I've started posting more pictures of my, fa- my own face, right. And I, I don't like it. I don't like my, my face that much, but <laughs> When um, I've been going for a few walks and things like this, and I just take a picture and then tell my my story, whatever it is that's going on in my mind that day behind it. And those posts get way more impressions, way more engagement than something that I've spent ages creating on, um, you know, Canva or uh, InDesign or something like this, where, you know, I'm thinking about the, the color combinations and the text that I'm using on there. Where should I put the logo? Just take a photo of your face, stick it out there. It's, it's that authenticity thing and, and what I was saying earlier people want to connect with other people and if I'm there on screen smiling or pulling a weird face they want to find out why I'm in that mood or why I've done that so yeah I, th- yeah. I think definitely LinkedIn's changed in that respect over the course of the pandemic whereas before it was kind of very much business focused and the videos that would and the content that would do well would be business related but since then I'd say over the last six to 12 months it's very much more about people and their personal stories and um, how yeah. they're feeling uh, rather than <coughs> like um, businessy stuff. So yeah, like someone I know just posted a long paragraph just about how he was feeling and his mental health and like, it just went nuts and got like tens of thousands of comments and likes and engagement and uh, because that's the kind of stuff that does well because people want to know, like everyone's been through something pretty tough so everyone can relate to it. Yeah, that's that's a big thing, relatable. So um, content that's on um, social media, so 
this is somebody who's uh, based down in Kent. He, he's, he's doing a lot of uh, video content as well. Um, educational, entertaining, relatable, inspirational. Um, and I can never remember the last one. There's another E, <laughs> but eerie. Your content should be eerie. Um, and and that's, that's exactly right. What you've said there is relatable, right? Um, if you're doing something funny like the skits, that's entertaining. Mm. Um, you can put something out there educational. So I've seen a lot of, um, yeah, how-to videos. They work really well, especially on somewhere like YouTube maybe. Um, and, that, and that's actually an avenue that, perhaps franchisors don't think about enough to get their brand out there more. I'm um, actually going back to consulting consultancy insights. And when you kind of introduced that idea to me, I was, I was looking to buy uh, this guitar um, at the same time. And I was going into a website called Anderton's and. Uh, yeah, I know Anderton's. Yeah. And, and, and basically they were just showing you how to choose the right guitar for you and yeah. how to do this and how to set up your guitar. Right. And, doing all these different reviews but it was lots of how-to content and they had this whole channel where there was just these two guys sitting in a room having a laugh and it just felt like a nice way to learn about something yeah. so yeah if you can make it educational and fun and relatable at the same time you're on you're certainly on to a winner um the, the yeah. anderson's youtube channel is absolutely fantastic i, I did a um uh back in like 2014 i did a video for um it was called get rocking so it's for people that used to like um, be in bands and stuff like that and it was to help them get back in bands and Andertons were like supporting the whole thing so it's based in Guildford and um, like they would go to Andertons to buy their equipment or they'd loan equipment from Andertons so that's where I first heard about them but their YouTube channel is massive for like finding out about guitars or sound equipment and stuff like the the sound um, mixer I'm using for this I bought from Andertons <laughs> really? because I um, knew them from like first heard about them in 2014 but then I'd stayed in touch with them because I followed them on Instagram I followed them on YouTube and just sort of following their content on and off uh yes yeah, so yeah. even like the cable that I'm using and this microphone it's all from Anderton's so it's yeah, so but, weird that you bring that up yeah and 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 actually um yeah I, I went straight back to them for the amp that I brought recently because I, I just knew and, and, and an amp ca- and a, a guitar cable as well I just was instead of going to Amazon or, you know, trying to search for, for a different brand, I was just like, yeah, I've seen these guys and they, they know their stuff. Yeah. It makes sense to get it from there. The price, the stuff was reasonably priced as well, yeah, which helped, but you know, yeah, um, it's cool. But yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like you said earlier about building trust. It's just, that's what it is. It's building the trust with them. Um, they were like, they're just a shop in Guildford, but because of their presence on YouTube and across like the internet as well, the trust was already there and it's like I wasn't really engaging with their content regularly but I was always aware of them and if I ever wanted to find out about something it was just I'd search and I'd land upon an Anderson's video and it would talk talk about it um so yeah that's really that's really cool that you brought those up (laughs) um just to round off like where do you sort of see the franchise going so it started with a podcast where do you see it ending up and what are your plans for it yeah, so um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Um, but basically, I, I I feel like brands need help getting their name out there. Um, I saw a really interesting piece from from um, somebody we both know, Sean Goldsmith, about um, how newspapers, uh, as soon as they kind of um, dropped off or franchising stopped advertising in the newspapers, um, 
leads or interest in franchising went down. And that's that's been over a number of years. There's been a steady de- decline. And when I entered the industry, I felt it was a bit old-fashioned, if I'm completely honest. Um, face-to-face exhibitions seemed pretty slow, and it was all sales messages when you got there anyway, it felt like. Um, and, and that's not to say there aren't great brands out there doing doing some great stuff. You know, I don't want to say it's it's the brands, but it's just it feels like franchising as an industry on the whole hasn't upgraded itself for a long time and magazines and newspapers they they were a really great platform in the past but today's newspaper um today's magazine is social media i go to um facebook for news about my local area events that are taking place and food i go to youtube for how to do something right um i then go to um linkedin for business and I, get, I use Twitter for football news, right? So these are my magazines. These I use them in different ways. These are my news feeds. So um, I, the podcast is a, a good starting point, but I want to do more. So I've created uh, from from my business, the franchise. I've got a page on LinkedIn, which is the top ten posts from the industry. And the goal was really just to share um, something in a different format, an interesting format that helped franchisors to share that content to their own audience and therefore it's increased exposure for everybody that's on that top 10 list and then if we can get enough people liking and sharing these things of course it spreads even further and wider um so that was the next step and then the the, the next step which i'm in the process of um pretty much rolling out is um to take the directory format so franchise website portals whatever you want to call them where there's a listing of of brands I want to um, help anybody that's on that site to get their their brand out there onto social media a lot more. And I don't mean just taking a, a, a link to an, an article and just post and posting it on there with some boring text above it saying, this week we spoke to XYZ company and this is what they had to say. Um, if you go into those articles, by the way, they're fantastic, right? But if they're presented in the right way in social media with a really nice engaging photo or sort of short video um, and the right copy above it, it's going to get way more engagement. So that's, that's a a big part of it is to make sure that this uh, content is being put out there that are being created by the franchise brands everywhere in the right format in the right style to, to engage and, and attract a new audience um, but also, um, as part of being on the, the website, on, on the franchise website, I'll help them to create content as well, because I know that's, we're talking about time, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do and know how to, to do it yourself. So uh, the, the, the goal is that you join the site and what I can then do is start to interview you as a franchisor or your staff or your franchisees or all of them. And in that way, you then have content that you can put out there that has been validated. You know, it's got some third party validation to it. It's a little bit more authentic. It's a little bit more gritty because it's got a third party person. It's got me in there um, asking you questions that might, yeah, might be a little bit different to what you'd ask yourself to to sell the business. Right. It's mm. it's more about finding the emotion behind the brand and, and the why it started. And um, yeah, sharing that through my own platforms and then your own in in maybe follow-up emails and things like this. I've already seen it's been really impactful for 
um, I'm hoping she won't mind me saying this, but Deborah from the Region Doctor has, has sent this to all of her prospects and they come back to him saying, thank you for sharing this. It's it's helped me to see the real you, you know, what you, you're actually like and your, your why and how passionate you are about your business. You know, I'm not saying it's the reason that um, people brought the franchise with her, but it helped them to see a different side of her. And anyway, I'm probably... Um, no, I, think, I think it's such a good way of just getting your <laughs> your ideas out there and showing what you're like as a franchisor and showing what your franchisees are like. Um, it's such a good way of doing it. Um, and I think, like, yeah, I think it's a really good idea. So what, like, how can people get in touch with you if they want to be on the show or do you approach them to be on the show or is it a bit of a mixture? Yeah, a bit of a mixture. So I, I'll, I'll put posts out there sometimes and say, hey, does anybody want to, to come on the, the show? Give me a shout. Um, some people approach me so they see the content and say, actually, this looks really interesting. How can I be a part of it? I had a conversation with somebody yesterday um, and that's because I, I built up you know, trust with them. They've been watching my videos for a while and thought, okay, this seems like something I want to get involved in, um, which is good. But um, yeah, occasionally, and this is something I learned in in doing podcasts. Occasionally you don't have a guest lined up and you have to sort of um, book them in yourself. So yeah, I do occasionally sort of scramble around and go, yeah, I better, I better get back to that. I better chase up that person because they said they would come on the show and um, we haven't arranged a time yet. Um, but I also... Um, now I'm, I'm a bit more proactive in finding people I want to speak to and um, yeah telling them my story and helping them to to have trust in me I guess before they they then say yes but um, yeah I, I think it's um, the reason why I'm kind of excited about it and telling people about it like yourself is because I, I, I want to give something back I don't want this to be just a portal where you kind of stick your logo on there and, and don't hear from me for another year I want to engage and actually help as much as possible to spread the word on franchising because I think it it can add so much value to people's lives and they're just not aware of it. So um, yeah, yeah. Cool. So how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm obviously too passionate about it, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, probably well, LinkedIn. Come and yeah. find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find Ed Purnell and. Um, yeah, drop me a message on there. If not, info at thefranchise.com is um, my email address and www.thefranchise.com is my website. And um, yeah, like I say, at the moment, it's uh, going through an upgrade. So if you're, if you're not liking the look of it, come back in a couple of months time and you'll see where, where we're at then. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Really Awesome. It. Thanks for your time, Mark. So that was my chat with Ed Pennell from the Franchise Podcast and from Expense Reduction Analyst. Thank you so much for Ed for coming onto the show. Remember, you can see videos like this and other videos about the videos within the franchise industry on my new video series, all about videos within the franchise industry. How you can use videos, what videos you can make, and how to get the most out of videos you've already made. That will be launching very, very soon. To find out more, head over to my website, redbookproductions.co.uk forward slash franchising dash videos. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.